Greetings and salutations to you all. This is Dee Dee Moonflyer. Welcome to Twilight Tonic, your weekly voyage to points distant and parts unknown. We'll discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, weird, and wonderful. So if you're ready, grab your favorite tonic, your best comfy chair, and let's begin. Twilight Tonic, as always, I have the most amazing guests. I particularly think this gal is hilarious, and she is so open. Her name is Gwen Lickett, and she's also got a book coming out that's being revised that I'm excited about that I want to order. It's called Embracing My Strange. She also has an upcoming YouTube channel, which I'm very excited about. How are you, Gwen? I'm doing well, thank you. It's so good to have you on here finally. Thank you for having me. You know, I'd like to talk about something, Gwen, that's really interesting. The I read about you, but I find it fascinating. You know, you discovered you had abilities or you were seeing the paranormal at four years old. Around the same time, I realized, what the <laughs> is going on here? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Can you talk about that experience and what was going on? Yeah. Um, so my earliest, what I identify now as a paranormal experience, my earliest paranormal experience um, that I can recall was when I was four years old. Mm-hmm. And it happened in this farmhouse that we were living in, in Cumberland, Virginia, Cumberland County. And I remember... I was laying in my bed and I kept hearing something like coming from my closet. And for the life of me, you know, you're, you're four years old, you're a kid. So your imagination starts going wild and you're like, oh, there's monsters in my closet, you know, whatever. I just throw the covers over my head like a typical scared kid would. And then I could hear these noises and I pull the uh, covers down and I look. And there was this thing at the foot of my bed, and this thing was being joined by two and three others, and they were starting to come out of my closet. What this thing was, was a clown. Oh. But it wasn't your typical doing, you know, tricks for laughs type of clown. Nothing like that. This clown was scary looking. Um, this is probably why I have nothing to do with wanting to watch the movie It. Oh. Because, yeah, because this clown had like these razor sharp teeth. And when he reached for me, his he had like skeletal hands with very long nails. Um, yeah, I naturally screamed for my parents. I uh, remember them running in, flipping on the light. And they're like, what? What is it? And I'm pointing and I'm telling them what's going on. And they're like, no, you're just having a bad dream. And I'm sitting here realizing 
the lights are on, my parents are in here, and they are still here, and my parents don't see them. This isn't a dream. This is really happening, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And it was it was really freaking me out. And they were actually, they got to where they were moving around my parents, like they were mocking, like mouthing and like mocking my parents. And then when they disappeared, it was like they were laughing, but I, I really couldn't hear them, but I could see what they were doing. Mm -hmm. And they just disappeared. That was my first paranormal experience at four years old. Oh, I would have been running. I hate clowns. <laughs> and this is why. And my siblings, my siblings only recently have learned why I do not like clowns. They had no idea. They did not know till the book came out originally in 2019. They had wow. no idea. They were like, what? And I was like, yeah, because you guys, you know, whenever we would be somewhere, if a clown came around, you know, I would scurry off or if not break down and cry. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, we couldn't figure out why. And I'm like, well, now, you know, yeah. <laughs> I just I don't do clowns, period. They had one uh, when I used to live in, in a uh, town called South Hill, Virginia. Uh-huh. Um, there was an Applebee's there and they had hired this guy to go around to people's tables to entertain them and stuff like that. And he would sometimes be dressed up like a clown. Uh, Nope. And I'm sitting here going, (laughs) that's a big no for me. So when he started coming towards my table one evening, I just looked, I just locked eyes with him and shook my head. No. (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't like him either. No, no. Dude, I will punch your lights out and run. No. (laughs) Nope. 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 I am. Do not like, I've never liked clowns. No, that Mm-mm. was my, that, and the bad thing is, as far as I know, that was my first experience with a clown. So it wasn't a good one, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I just, I just never cared for them ever since. As a matter of fact, when I was in Ireland back in October, we were somewhere, I can't remember the exact location, and um, a friend was with us, Tracy Ann. She was ahead of me with her husband while we were walking on the tour. And all of a sudden, she just stops because she read my book. All of a sudden, she just stops. She turns around and throws her little shawl open and says, don't go past my my shawl. And I'm like, what? And me being nosy, (laughs) I look around her and it was around Halloween time. What did they have set? It was was at one of the gales, one of the jails gales. Um, What did they have sitting at the end of the hallway? A freaking clown. Ew, no, 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 no. That was like really creepy looking, like not a funny one, but like what I saw when I was four. I began to hyperventilate. She had to literally cover my head when we walked past it. I was trembling. I was about to pass out. Yeah, I don't blame you. I'm not a clown person. Oh, no, no, no. I I don't know why. I can't stand them. I, I, I can't either. I really can't. I've never seen the amusement in them uh, myself. I have a funny story. You're going to love this, Glenn. Gwen, I used to be a performer and I used to have to get dressed up and I used to have to dance at parties. I was a Middle Eastern dancer for 30 years. And oh, okay. part of my side gigs was going and dancing at birthday parties. And there was this gal in town called Happy the Clown. <sighs> I'll be damned. I 
and it was my fault. I cut her off on the highway and she flipped me off. (laughs) Two weeks later, I did the same damn thing, the same clown. I... (laughs) And I never cut people off. I drive like an 80-year-old, all right? I'm like so bad. So I cut her off again. I get flipped up. I get flipped off twice by the same clown. (laughs) True story. I have many stories, but I didn't like clowns, but that even made it worse. I was like driving. I look in my rearview mirror and I'm like, you've got to be kidding. I'm being flipped off by a clown. Now I deserved it, but... (laughs) <laughs> that what are the I really odds? don't know. I really don't know what the what's worse, just having a, a generic fear of clowns or having said clowns flip you off because you cut them <laughs> off in traffic. <laughs> I, you know, I looking at it, I, I always thought as she was flipping me off, like you know, I just think you're horrible, and I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> it's like I don't understand. And then like two years later, we ended up at the same birthday party. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Oh, God. This clown is going to beat me senseless. <laughs> she didn't come up to me or anything. I was like, probably she did. I probably wouldn't like run out the back door or something because they <laughs> totally creeped me out. Like, why? Why do you dress yeah. that way? I respect <laughs> clowns. I just don't understand <laughs> I mean, I mean, I get it. There's a need for them. And, and, and people do this for a living or as a side gig or whatever. And I don't have anything against anybody who does. Just do not approach me dressed <laughs> like that. Okay? And we both understand there is clown school and it's very difficult. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what I've heard. I've heard I'm like, it's difficult. Yeah. to become a clown it is. this one person i was talking to and they were like yeah yeah and i was like well i find that amusing because one town i lived in was filled with them <laughs> <laughs> you're like what are the odds yeah <laughs> and they were like they just looked at me i said oh we're talking about two different type of clowns i'm so sorry i misunderstood <laughs> <laughs> you're like what i saw was not a good creature no, no. What I saw was not. No, that was that's what I would say what nightmares are made of, yeah. especially for a kid. I mean, it was just and I think what I found when I got older and, you know, whenever I would think about it, which wasn't often, but when I got older and would think about it, I think what scares me the most now about that experience is that my parents didn't even know they were there. Yeah. You know, it was it was really bizarre, especially it's especially bizarre because my father would tell me years Mm -hmm. later after my mother passed that my mother had these abilities. Oh, that's interesting. So I don't know if it was something I don't know if she was just in complete mom mode and, you know, didn't realize what was going on or if something else was at play there that was blocking her from mm-hmm. sensing them. I, I don't know. And, you know, you have to wonder whatever was passing by that night and might have saw your light and, and yeah. introduce itself that way, thinking, oh, that child might like clowns and she might listen to me. Mm-hmm. And then it's true yeah. colors came out. That's quite exactly. common with intuitive children, I believe. Yes. Um, I've had many discussions with some clients 
uh, that my team and I will go and do investigations for. And they're like, well, my kid is saying this and they're saying this. And, and I would speak with the, you know, with the child, try to get a feel of what's going on and all that. And, you know, I would always tell the parents they're like, well, we didn't believe them until this happened. I'm like, let me tell you right. something. If your kid ever tells you something and you know there's no way they got it from a movie they don't even go to school yet and they're telling you they're seeing this Mm -hmm. stuff and this is the only place they've been you need to listen to your kid something's up yeah you know they're not getting it from somewhere they are experiencing something and i said and it's not uncommon for children to be more open because they're not jaded like adults they're not conditioned not yet by what's considered normal by society or what's acceptable by society. Oh, exactly. They're an open book. They are wide open. So like you said, it's it's that beacon, it's that light, it's that innocence. Um, but the problem with that innocence is it's inviting to maybe entities that don't mean so well. Yeah. You know, I mean, know no, I... See you. Yeah, exactly. And I've had experiences like I explained in my book um that were good you know um I had a childhood an imaginary friend we all know about those oh yeah um, his yeah his name was Henry and he was always really nice to me you know I would find out later that Henry passed away a couple hundred years before I existed about 150 mm-hmm. years before I existed um that his family actually had their dwelling was on the property that our house was on because we found what was left. Yeah, we found what was left of the house back in the woods. Wow. Yeah. That would have been and so my, cool. Yeah. Yeah, my dad actually started asking some of the historians of the town and all, you know, do you know anybody that would fit this description? And I overheard a conversation one night during one of our many pic- uh, barbecues that dad would always throw for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I overheard a conversation and they were like, you know, we've searched everywhere, and the only records we can find is this Henry, and he died 150 years ago. Wow. You know, I think Dad knew then. Right. Oh, crap. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, so, and we all had experiences, me and my siblings. Uh, my siblings aren't as open to discuss them, and, you know, that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's that's perfectly fine. Um but there are some experiences that are in my book that me and one or two of my siblings were with me and actually witnessed it and saw it happen. Wow. No explanation. Now, Gwen, your mom had abilities. Did your father have some abilities? Dad, I don't know if dad had abilities per se, but he had a very, very strong intuition. Um, he would tell me things and be like, you wait and you watch, this is going to happen. And it's going to be about this time frame when it's going to happen. And so far the man's been right. He passed in 2012. Yeah. 2012. And there were a few things he was telling me, um, as far as, the standing, um, the way things are politically speaking, which I don't do politics, but some right. of the things that, that are going on now, he told me it was going to happen when I was a teenager in high school. Wow. 
you know, and he gave time frames and everything. So, I mean, I used to joke with him and call him my personal Nostradamus. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but if you were to ask him, you know, when he was alive, he would deny having any uh, abilities. He would always say, I pay attention. Uh-huh. That was always his answer. I pay attention. I'm observant. I pay attention. Which very well could have been. But some of the things he was telling me was going to happen and for them to happen. And within the time frame that he said it was going to happen and he passed in 2012. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm starting to wonder if there was a little bit more to that than just really good intuition. <laughs> and I think sometimes, you know, that generation, they didn't know how to express their abilities as well. Now it's so open. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't know how to express it, and they, even if they did, they were probably scared too. Because I know I was. Yeah. You know, I lived. You know, and I still do. I'm, I'm still in Virginia, so you know, in the Bible Belt, and people are just starting to come around and actually start talking about the unexplained now, and right. getting more so into the spiritual side of things. You know what I mean? It's not. Oh, yeah. It's not strictly just what you're being told or what you're learning in church or wherever you may go, people are now starting to question things. And, you know, like people are like, you know, something will happen and like, oh, isn't that a coincidence? And I'm like, no, I'm here to tell you right (laughs) now, I do not believe in coincidences. Right. I believe in what's called synchronicity. When you start having events happening and unraveling, if you're not paying attention to what the universe is trying to tell you, you're going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. You're going to be in big trouble. It's the same thing when my team and I do investigations. Like, oh, you want a, you, you, you want a topic that, that'll push everybody's buttons in the paranormal community? Orbs. Okay. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now that I said the no-no word, orbs, when my team captures something, naturally they'll get excited and they're like, hey, look at this. And with my background and with everything I do, they will tell you I am the biggest skeptic on my team. Mm-hmm. Because eight, 85% of what we capture, I am able to debunk. The rest that you see, the, the rest that's left is what you see on our videos and stuff because we have no explanation let you have a go at it. See what you think. But when they get excited and like, oh, look at all these. Or- no, no, no. I look at synchronicities. Example. We'll be doing a session. And we'll see what looks like an orb coming across, you know, one of the cameras. Mm-hmm. Okay. The shape of it. Is there any color? Is it pulsating? Is it showing intelligence? Example, we had one do this. We had a DVR camera set up in a client's house. This was several years ago. And her children were having issues sleeping in their room. They were reporting activity in their room to two young children. So we set the, the, one of the uh, night vision DVR cameras up in their bedroom. We were going around the house doing our initial sweeps with the mail meter and everything else, you know, making sure reading is right and all that good stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear my husband, I hear Gene say, you guys have got to come and see this. Because he was running a test on the cameras. And you could hear us in the background when we were talking. And we're like, well, you know, 
if anything's going on in that bedroom, that camera should capture it. Right. Right when we were starting to say that, you could see a pulsating orb coming towards the camera. And as soon as we said, if it captures anything, we'll see it, it darted and the camera went dead. Wow. Now, coincidence? I think not. I think that was a pattern of synchronicity going on. Right. You know, now had it been five or six of them and they were like floating and flurrying all around and then the camera went dead, I'd be like, go check the camera. Something's up, you know, tech-wise. But because of the different events that happened, that is what I look like, look at. Just like the... uh, SB7, the, the spirit box. Yeah. When they first came out years ago, I was not a fan. Was not a fan. Because I was like, so much can go wrong with those. Anybody with a CB strong enough can come through that box. And people are going to be like, oh my God, the ghost talked to me. No, dude, that was a trucker going down Highway 1. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Which we've had it happen on our SB7. Sure, but, right. But it's having a trained ear. I did fire and EMS for over 20-some years. When it comes to radios, I know radio traffic when I hear it. So there's been previous releases that we've done before that you would hear something, and I would put up on the screen, radio. And then something else would happen, I would put up on the screen, you know, what it is. Mm -hmm. Again, synchronicities. Perfect example. We were at Sailor's Creek Battlefield in um, Prince Edward County, Virginia. Uh, About... I don't know, maybe three or four years ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. And we were out there during the day, broad daylight. And Gene and uh, my partner, Loper, were out there with the SB7. And, you know, picking up a few things sound like radio traffic. Okay. Then it sounded like something else, like, sta- you know, like a, like a radio station trying to come through. Right. Okay. And then Gene says, why are you? Oh, no. He said, you realize that the war is over. You do not have to stay here. Within seven to 10 seconds of him saying that, in unison, it sounded like a whole group of them, in unison said, we're here. Ooh. Now, that is a synchronicity. That is not a radio station. That, to me, is showing some type of ability to get get the energy to do that. Right. And the intelligence to be able to answer because they answered him like he was some type of a commander, like they were waiting for orders. Wow. Yeah, that and that was in broad daylight. That's another thing I would love to point out for anybody who happens to be listening to this later on when you release it. Paranormal activity does not just happen during the witching hour at 3 a.m. <laughs> no, it does not. If you believe that, don't even look in my direction. Because I'm liable to just lose it and slap somebody. Um, (laughs) All honesty, paranormal activity can happen anywhere, anytime. It doesn't have to be an old building. It could be, we investigated a structure that wasn't even seven years old. And they're like, I don't understand. We're the first people in this house. I'm like, it's not the structure. It's the land. Absolutely. That's what people don't understand. It's the land we're building stuff on. You cannot get the energy, and if there's been bloodshed, blood does not come out of dirt. No. Once it goes in the ground, it's in there. And guess what's with it? Their energy. Yeah. It's there. 
So when I hear people say, oh, the best captures, some of our best captures we ever got, EVP-wise especially, was broad daylight on a battlefield. Mm. I I just, so I, I, I don't know what to tell people who want to believe, you know, the opposite. I just, I, I really don't. Because some people are like, <laughs> we were somewhere, and somebody made the comment, we were like on one of those group investigations, uh, public yeah. investigations. And somebody was like, I don't understand. It's almost three o'clock. Shouldn't it be active? And I just turned around and said, ghosts need to sleep too. <laughs> <Like that>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My team just looks at me and starts laughing. And yeah, of course, the other person's looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and I'm like, honestly, I mean, they're, there's no set time, people. They are in their timeline. They are on their time. Right. Not being mean, and I don't mean for this to sound disrespectful. They will do as they want to do when they want to do it because they can, because they have all the time in the world to do it. Uh. I mean, honestly. You know, they, they don't work on our schedule. We work on theirs. Absolutely. And I, I think people don't understand that time for them is very different than it is for us in oh, our absolutely. bodies. Absolutely. They could still be stuck. If they died in 1860, guess where they're at? 1860. 1860. Exactly. Exactly. As a matter of fact, the location that uh, my team and I are going to tomorrow night is no stranger to us. We've been there before, but we've never had it to ourselves and do an actual overnight investigation. Mm-hmm. And we have a couple of experiments that we're going to try that I don't, I'm not sure, but I don't think they've been done there before. So we got a couple of things we're going to try. Uh, I can't go into detail what the mm-hmm. experiments are because my team will get me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they can watch this later, can't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to, you know, especially if we capture anything cool, even if we don't have a capture. Just showing the experiment, you know, to mm-hmm. if anything, to help to help some other investigators out. Hey, let's try that here, because if you get a response by trying that more power to you, that's oh, why absolutely. we're doing this. Yeah. You know, that's why we're doing this. But I will say we will be at the cabin on 360 tomorrow night. Oh, really? That's cool. Yes. Yes. So we run at that and that's where we're going to be. So we have the. We have the cabin, the rancher, and the woods. We have all of that to ourselves. And are you ready for this? Remember we were talking about coincidences versus synchronicities? Okay. Well, we were getting our game plan together today and doing the final checks on the equipment and all that good stuff. And I looked over at Loper. You know, my my, uh, my best friend that I was telling you about earlier. Uh You know, he's, he's my right arm of BPI. I looked over at him and I said, you know, for some reason, I feel a need to do some brief research. And he just looked at me and he goes, but you never do that because if you get a reading, you want it to be completely your what you get. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, but right. this, this should be general knowledge. And he looked at me. So I typed in, when did the Battle of Cold Harbor start? Because Cold Harbor, Battle of Cold Harbor during the Civil War um, actually surrounds this the cabin on 360. Mm-hmm. All that activity surrounds cabin on 360. So I typed it in. Lo and behold, <laughs> the battle started uh, May 31st and lasted until June like 10th or 12th. Right. I looked at Loper. He looked at me. I said, what's today's date? He went June 
first. We'll be there on the second. And just looked at me and I went, uh-huh. I had no idea it's the anniversary of the battle this week. No idea. Oh, so I was like, I was like, okay. And we just looked at each other and went, synchronicity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Isn't because, that odd? You would never think yeah. of that stuff. And then some, your intuitive side probably said, look it up. What is going yeah, on? Yeah, something, because I, I, I told him, I was like, something's really bothering me. And I don't know why. And I have to look it up. And he was like, okay. And this was after we had discussed the experiments we were going to try. Now we know we have to try the experiments because if we're able to get a reaction from them, tomorrow night may be our best bet. Yeah. You know, while we're there, you know, and got it to ourselves. Um, Public investigations are great, especially when they're doing fundraisers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. But I have had, I've been to two or three. Most of them went pretty well. The one I went to at West Virginia State Penitentiary was a nightmare. The guides were great. The Mm -hmm. penitentiary is phenomenal. It wasn't them. It was the other people in the public investigation. I mean, they were slamming cell doors, screaming, uh, doing jump scares on each other. And I'm like, how more disrespectful can you get? Oh, yeah, they were disrupting you know, yeah, they were disrupting yeah. anything I or anybody else may have been able to accomplish that night, but they were just being disrespectful. They were mocking right. what the inmates probably went through. Oh, absolutely. And, it, and you want <laughs> you want me to get peeved with somebody really quick, let them be disrespectful in an investigation. Oh, yeah. Truly. I am... I'm quick to say, you know what? You're going to end up just like them one day. Tread lightly. Yeah, people don't realize, you know, our state, we're like cocoons. We're like in meat suits. This isn't forever. There's a reason for that. And once we're out of Mm -hmm. body and back in spirit, it could be us. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, just like the prison, for example. Were there some unsavory characters that were put away there, died there, were put to death there? Um, sure. But we're talking about a time frame before DNA. Right. We're talking about a time frame where one man, one man was put to death by the testimony of like a 10-year-old kid, 7 or 10-year-old oh, kid. No. <laughs> An eyewitness testimony. And I can assure you, I was a police officer. Eyewitness testimonies aren't that great. That's been proven. Oh, man. You and I could see the same guy rob a store. I give one description. You will give a completely different one. Yeah. You know, so one man went to his death based on a testimony of a child. Uh. Now, not saying that he did it or not. Don't know. But what I'm saying is not everybody who was there deserved to be there. Right. Well, I'm sure that happened quite a bit back then. Oh, yeah. I'm sure it happens today. Oh, it does. It does. Thankfully, because of advancements that we have now, it doesn't happen as often. Could it still happen? I believe it could. Um, There's a thing called tampering with evidence. I believe that there are people doing crooked things that they shouldn't be doing. Um, But as far as people not having a leg to stand on, if you will, because of no evidence, 
thankfully that is slowly changing um with with the forensics and you know and, and everything that they can test and look for right I mean, back then, all it took was the word of a seven or ten year old kid, and boom, <laughs> you were out. You know, you're 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 done for, dude. And I'm like, that's so messed up. That's so messed up. And the the treatment again. I'm sure there were unsavory characters, yes. but the treatment in these prisons was so detrimental. If somebody was innocent, and they were sane when they went in, they did not remain that way for long. There's no way they could have. Oh, no, no, no. Mm-mm. Those are some They're, violent, violent places. Oh, yeah. I mean, and we, we did get a couple good captures. Uh, there's a place that's called Red Sail um, that's there at the uh, West Virginia State Pen. We got some good captures there. Mm-hmm. But my thing is just be respectful. Even if you think the person is guilty of something. Right. We're not we're not the judge and jury. We are investigators. So we need to find out who, what, when, where, why, how. And I mean, I, and I don't know about you. I think once we go into the actual light again, I don't think it matters. I I don't think it matters. With my with the way I am, I believe that there's different realms. Okay. I believe if you were an evil butt in life, you're going to be an evil butt in death. I don't think that's going to change. I really don't think that's going to change. That's why when people act so surprised when they come across uh, Grandfather Joe, he was so mean, and now he's being so mean on the spirit box. Well, dude, he was like that in life. You really think he's going to change? It's part. That's part of their DNA, their characteristic. That's part of their soul. That's who they were. So why wouldn't it carry over? Just oh. like why wouldn't we why wouldn't we carry over regret? Right. For things that we may have done. I mean, it's this to me, it's the same thing. To I believe that there's different realms for all walks of life. I'll be put in you, the zoo. Yeah, you know, <laughs> with the all zoo. the animals I have. <laughs> <laughs> and when when that time comes, I believe that there is a sorter, if you will. That goes through that's like, you're cool, you're cool, you're cool. Oh, you're screwed. You go over there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just I, that's just kind of like how I see it. I know it's messed up, but I just, I don't know. I can't, I have a hard time believing in just heaven or hell. I have a hard time believing in that only because of my experiences that I've had. Sure. And because of my different. My path, I, I call myself an eclectic pagan. I basically take a little bit of this, a little bit of this, you know, and I put it all together for my path because everybody's path is different. Exactly. Yes. So as far as because people are like, oh, when you die, you're going to go to hell. And I'm like, well, you know, if that's what you believe, you know, bless you. OK, but I don't know where I'm going to end up. All I know is all I can control is the here and now. And I did medical for 20 some years, I was an EMT firefighter. I did that for over 20 some years. And when that came to a halt because of my medical issues, which I've since gotten sorted out, most of it, thank goodness. Um, I just, I had a turning point in my life and I was like, you know, I helped the living for 20 some years. I think it's time that I help the dead now. I'm going to help the dead. 
And that's when I came out the broom closet. That's when all hell broke loose. (laughs) And, you know, all all hell broke loose after that. But it was a moment of huge relief when I did that. It was scary at first, especially where we were living at, a very rural, small town, church on every corner. Oh, I bet, yeah. Yeah, and these people that I've built relationships with, that I've answered calls with and all that, started whispering. They wouldn't talk to me, nothing like that. But as soon as it was accepted, air quotes, that Gwen is like this, guess who were the first ones who would come to me for help? They would. They would. And did Uh, I help them? (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, I did. I did help them. Because I feel like that's what I need to do now. Yeah, I find it interesting. A lot of law enforcement firefighters end up doing this kind of work. Oh, yeah. You want to know why? Yeah. Because we've seen some crazy shit. (laughs) (laughs) I bet you have. (laughs) I'm just going to call it like it is. That's what it is. I mean, we'll come across things that we just cannot explain. Oh, you know, I bet. Yeah. We, you know, or we'll get, or we'll get called to that one abandoned house at the end of the street that nobody's lived in for ten years, and the windows are falling in. But nine one one is dispatching you out there because someone is calling for a police officer, and there's no electricity in that house. Wow. Yeah, that happened. Me here, right here. Yeah, that happened when I was a cop. When you went in, did you go into the building? Did you feel it? Yeah, I mean, I had to. I had to go in the building because I had to make sure there was nobody in there. Oh, my God. By yourself? Well, yeah, because this town, my nearest backup was probably 15 minutes away. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, (laughs) seriously. Well, I'll paint you the picture. I was the first, and to my knowledge, to this day, the only female officer that police department had ever had oh, my goodness if that tells you anything okay oh, yes okay. it does <laughs> yes so so we're there we're there okay so yeah and we'll we'll have experiences like that we'll have near-death experiences i was on a line during a fire one time and i felt something hit the back the brim of my hat on the back of my helmet i was the third what they called a third man on the line I looked up and I could see sky. You're not supposed to be able to see sky. <laughs> right, right. Something's up. What's going on here? So I slap <laughs> my partner on his back. He hits the, the we had a rookie on, on the nozzle. He was the first man. First man is always on the nozzle. Then you have the second and third. Second and third help guide the hose as they're controlling the nozzle and, and the water. And I slapped dude in front of me. I point and I'm like, we got to get it. I'm yelling because, you know, got our face pieces on it all. And I'm like pointing and I'm like, we got to get out now. He grabs the rookie. The rookie's yelling something about the hose. And we're like, screw the hose. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to die here. (laughs) And bystanders said it looked like something from a Hollywood movie. Because as we were running out the door, the, the roof was actually falling in behind us. Wow. So I think that was my guardian that aimed that piece just right. Right. You know, and kind of dropped it on me and said, yo, dumbass, get out. (laughs) (laughs) Now. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. So, I mean, we know between the unexplained things Uh and the near, you know, 
about as close to death as we care to get experiences, as, as I call them. Um, I really think it makes sense because usually people in that line of work have a very inquisitive mind to begin with. Oh, yeah, and you'd have to. They all, yeah, they always want to know more, always want to know more. And so I have I've actually noticed what you were saying, that so many people from that line of work end up doing something like this, whether it be all the time, on the side, as a hobby, you know, whatever. But I really think that's that's the, the common bond right there is because of the unexplained and too close for home experiences. Oh, I, I can only imagine. I mean, I'm sure you've had a slew of them, like going to the abandoned house. Nobody was there, you know, yep. seeing the open sky in a closed building. Anything else happened while you were oh, on duty? Oh, I have. So, I kind of this before I came out the broom closet before I made the big announcement. Hi, I'm a weirdo. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the club. <laughs> we have jackets. Um, I, we came out, it was me and the guy who was my field training officer. I hadn't been on the PD probably three weeks. I had just come out the academy and I just cleared with my uh, FTO, which is your, your field training officer. And my FTO and I were walking out of a, um, convenience store there in town and I can't I still to this day can't explain it it was like a very thick feeling in the air Mm -hmm. like something wasn't right and I just stood there and I looked around and I looked over at him and he looked at me because are you okay and I went something pretty big is going to happen tonight and he just looked at me. He's like, what? And I was like, oh, you know, just that feeling that you get. And he was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're like, well. <laughs> and I'm sitting here going, well, crap, my cover is blown. So I was like, I, I can't explain it, dude. But like something pretty major is going to happen tonight. Uh, one of the um, uh, factories that was there in town. Mm-hmm. They don't know what caused it. I still say it was spontaneous combustion because of how they would leave oil rags and all laying around. But uh, it was a, a furniture plant. It decided to go kaboom. Ooh. And Ooh. It's, it's situated right in the middle of this small town. Mm-hmm. And it was so bad that the propane cylinders that were outside the building that they would use for whatever. Right. I had my back to the to the uh, burning building because I was working PD that night and I was doing crowd control and I was trying to get everybody back. And there was a huge white wall behind them because everyone's coming out on the sidewalk looking at it. And I'm like, y'all need to get back. Y'all need to get back. And all of a sudden, the look on their faces like their jaws dropped. And this happened so quickly. Their jaws drop. The white wall behind them turns orange and I feel immense heat and I hear sounds like a missile I looked one of the propane cylinders took off like a missile from NASA's launch pad oh my goodness and went and (laughs) this this ain't one of the small propane tanks for your gas grill this is one of those big ones that you would use to like heat your home right it was one of those so when I realized what was going on, I still to this day don't know who this man was, but the ambulance was parked right beside us. And the way it was parked, part of it was like partially up on a curb. So there was like a little gully that went up underneath the ambulance. 
It was an older gentleman. I looked at him. He looked at me. I just grabbed him and we rolled up underneath that ambulance. Wow. And he looked at me and I looked at him. I said, what goes up has got to come down. And when it does, it ain't hitting us. And he went, okay. (laughs) 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 But, But the funny thing is. This is hysterical. Only in a small town. Oh we never, we never found the propane cylinder. <laughs> Nobody knows where it was. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> that thing is still making its like fifteenth orbit around the moon right now, around the Earth right now. It's probably going. Boop, boop. Or someone found it in their yard and they used the propane that was left in it. <laughs> They're like, "What in the Sam hell is this?" <laughs> we'll use it. Damn it. <laughs> It'll make a pretty coffee table. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I can joke and pick like that because I had to live like oh that. Okay. I grew up poor. Okay. <laughs> that was great. It makes a pretty coffee table. <laughs> I mean, hey, you utilize everything, everything. Oh. But yeah, but I mean, there's, there's several experiences and my, book that's coming out after my revision of an uh, embracing my strange which should hopefully fingers crossed be out by the end of this month it's gonna be yep it's gonna be three books in this installment it's embracing my strange Mm -hmm. the second one is embracing my call and that is stories that happened to me when i worked in the hospital as a cna as i worked as an emt as i worked as a firefighter a police officer and an assistant to a medical examiner Wow, that would be a cool. I can't wait. <laughs> you have to let me know when <laughs> so, it comes out. <laughs> I, I will let you know. So that's embracing my call. The third and final installment of this series, if you will, I'm teetering on two different names. I haven't picked one yet, but uh-huh. that one is going to be touching on the previous books, like like a refresher in the beginning. Okay. But it's but the whole thing on book three is going to be about. When I, why, and when I started BPI, how each team member came on to BPI and everything that has happened with our experiences and what we've learned along the way. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that, you know, I'm doing, I'm trying to break my life down in three books. And you would think at 49 years old should be fairly easy to do, but I'm sitting here going, okay, do I start the chapter with this or do I, what, or do I put this at the end or do, what do I do? You know, and there's going to be information released in the revision of embracing my strange that one wasn't released before because I just chose not to put it in there Two, new information has been found to help me understand some of my experiences as a child in Cumberland County. Mm. So through research, we found some matches of who right. these people were. That's really actually so interesting. You know, it's it's interesting. It's it's also um, terrifying a little bit. Sure. You know, um, I still don't know who the kid in the who, who the boy in the lake was. I still have no idea who he was. Um, all I know is he floated up. And I looked at him and I felt it was like he he reached up to grab me Mm. and I I took off out the water. Nobody else saw it, of course. But um, a girl that I grew up with in Cumberland County, she works for the state park systems now. And she's been there um, Mm -hmm. her entire adult life, actually. And this lake is part of that park system that she works for. 
And so she got to asking questions and come to find out, she's still trying to find out more info. There was a child that drowned in that area that I told her I had this experience. Interesting. Yeah. So I'm trying to find out more information um, as far as the identity of who this child was. Huh. I hope you do find out because it would be really interesting. I hope I do too. But she was like, I thought it was a girl. I was like, well, I called them a boy in the lake because they were about my age, maybe a little bit older. Mm -hmm. And of course, the way I saw them was in their death state. So they'd been in the water. Oh. So it could have it could have been a girl. I don't know. I just always called them the boy in the lake. Wow. So I don't know if (laughs) If I happen to ever see a picture of this child, um, I even told her, I was like, most people would not want to see this, but if there is a postmortem picture, I need to see it. Wow. Yeah. Because I need to see if this is them. Wow. That's, that's a lot. If you think about it, it's like, it's really odd because when they come to you like that in that state, it's so frightening that you can't at that moment communicate with them sometimes. Exactly. Also, this happened after my mom passed. My mom passed when I was seven. My dad remarried within a couple of years. So I was probably nine or 10 when this happened. Mm. Plus, I was already going through the trauma of losing my mother. Right. That's, you know, that is I mean, huge. Back, well, back then, you lost a parent or something like that. Your family, your 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 tribe, if you will, the village, mm-hmm. the town. You know they, you know they they send you stuff and they they tell you I'm here if you need me. The whole idea of therapy wasn't really a thing then. You just kind of dealt with the death and moved on. Right. There was no such thing as uh, childhood trauma and needing to see a therapist because. This kid just lost their kid, so it's a trauma. Nobody viewed that as a trauma. They mm-hmm. viewed it as life, you know. Yeah. And very true. It, it part of me is like, like I have a sibling who's upset because they feel like me and one of my sister, the one that's the the, the next to me, because I'm the youngest. They're upset because they feel that my sister and I didn't receive the love and attention that we should have received after mom died. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, maybe not. Dad didn't have the best childhood either. Not making excuses, but dad was doing the best he could with what he had. And I don't think dad even thought about therapy as being an option because that's again, at that time, it just, it just wasn't really an option. I mean, we're talking about 1980. We're talking about 1982. Oh, yeah, that wasn't out there like that. Yeah, no. I mean, so it it wasn't out there like that. I'm like, I'm not making excuses for him. But in the time that we were in, you know, I was like, now, had I received therapy, then would I be completely different now? Probably. But you know what? I'm kind of glad I didn't. Mm. Because that trauma is what shaped me and was the beginning, the real beginning, the real teaching moment of my abilities and to start to learn how to handle them and recognize them for what they were. Right. You know, had I gone to therapy 
and told them all my experiences up until that point as a child, they would have put me in a hospital somewhere. Yeah. That's what people don't understand. Gen X, us Gen Xers, as strange as we are. (laughs) (laughs) We didn't have all that stuff back then. You just accepted things. Yeah. You you had to work it out. And I'm finding a lot of people that have these abilities when I, when I interview people had something traumatic in their childhood that shaped Mm -hmm. them. Yeah. I think it's, it's like, it's like a blow to your subconscious in a way. I, you know, I I really don't know how to explain it, but I've, I've noticed the same. It's usually people who have had some type of trauma or, you know, something like that or uh, an uh, uh, NDE or something. And they, they typically end up, and it it can be terrifying. Realizing you have any type of ability can be traumatizing in oh, itself. Yes. As a kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like trauma on top of trauma. So yeah. And but the beauty of evolution, if you will, is that now people are talking about it more. I'm noticing more parents when I talk to them. You know, they're they're mad. Their kids' imaginary friends. They 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 want to learn more about it, and they're a little bit more accepting of it. Yeah, and it's not all of this. Oh, I think they're lying. They're doing this for attention, you know, so forth and so on. And I'm like, you know, when you have a three or four year old kid, let's just say, who's never been to school, they're home. You know, mom mom is stay at home mom. This and this was a real case. Mom is staying at home. The kid is with her 24-7. Like, the only person that babysits the kid when they went out was grandma. Okay? Yeah. So, this child hadn't been exposed to anything. This kid comes to her and is just crying. And every time she tries to put him back in his room, he is, like, full-on fighting with her. Mm-hmm. will not go in there, will not go in there. She didn't know what else to do. She's like, I can't see anything. I can't hear anything, but I know the stuff that you do. And I can't believe I'm asking this. And I'm like, I'm on the mm-hmm. way. Cause they were only like 15 minutes from me at the time. And I just straight up told them I'm on the way. I get wow. over there. The child is just almost catatonic at this point. And I'm like, okay, you need to keep an eye on them. If their breathing starts to get shallow, if they get to where they're not responding to you at all, call 911, then yell for me. Don't yell for me first. Call 911. Right. Because something something's up. I walked in the room, and the moment my foot crossed that threshold, it felt like somebody open palm slapped me across my, my left cheek. Oh, my. No, no, no. And no. I took, yeah, I took a step back. I shook it off. And cop mode went in (laughs) real fast right yeah yeah (laughs) looking for the real person (laughs) and I just looked up and I just I jumped in had both feet land in the bedroom you know inside the bedroom and I just stood there and it was like you could feel the energy getting hotter and tighter around you and I said you know what I know exactly what you're trying to do. You want to pick on somebody. You need to come and talk to me and see what we can't sort out. You need to leave that kid alone. Right. Now, I'm not the type that antagonizes. I don't provoke. But when you're going to full on slap me after you're terrorizing a child. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no. There is no 
uh, middle ground, if you will. Right. That's just horrible. Uh, it is. I looked over at Loper. I said, get my kit. He was already halfway down the steps to go get it. He already knew. Because when I came back and I shook my head and like cracked my shoulders, he went, oh, oh. <laughs> you know? I'm going to like, no. I'm going to kick some buns in here. <laughs> I was like, I don't know who I'm swinging at cuz I can't really see you, but I'm going to be swinging. <laughs> and did you ever figure out what it was or who it was and why were what they doing it, what, that? Yeah, what it was. <laughs> no, no, this is interesting. Um the house next door. Uh cuz when I was doing my thing, I was trying to uh, zone in on who this was. And I got a male. I got uh, mid 40s to early 50s. Mm-hmm. And I got narcissistic complex dad. And I kept seeing a vision of this man and like this woman. And it, it dawned on me. I said, oh my gosh. I called the mother up in the hallway and I said, who lived next door? Mm-hmm. And she just goes, oh. Like that. And I went, who lived next door? I need you to answer me, please. And she started telling me about this couple that lived next door right before they moved into their house. And he, long story short, she was pregnant. He won't happy about it. He shoved her down the steps and then he stabbed her. Oh, my goodness. And then he turned around and literally slit his own throat with the knife. Oh, my God. Oh, my so I was like, okay. So I went back up in the room, got my, 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 my little sage and my oils and all that good stuff. And I was like, okay, look, whatever you did, it's done. It was done in this realm. I'm not going to be the one to tell you go to the light. I, I don't do that because I don't know what the hell is in the light. So I'm not going to tell you to go there. But I will tell you, you need to go away from here. Right. You know, you, this this isn't even your house, man. You're in the wrong structure. This isn't even <laughs> your house. I don't know what your issue is. Well, they reported after that that the activity just stopped. It took a couple of days for the kid would go back to his room. Naturally understood. But that the activity actually stopped. Come to find out. The man that she got pregnant by used to live in that house and that child's bedroom was his bedroom oh my goodness Uh oh oh wow he didn't care who it was in that room this goes back to this is this goes back to what you and i were talking about earlier about how they're set in their time he could have seen that kid but all he saw was that grown man Mm -hmm. you know all he saw was a body right he's still stuck in his time wow so that was the only explanation I could come up with. And when I explained it to the mother, she was like, no, actually, it makes perfect sense. She said the way you explained it, yeah. it, it makes sense. She goes, it's, she goes, it's a little out there. And I was like, oh, welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, but it makes sense. And I want you to know that particular incident that I just shared with you, I have never told anybody. So this is something new that people are going to learn <laughs> you know, <laughs> about one of my experiences. I'm sure you have hundreds. I mean, it's just so interesting. And in that one made so much sense. And you're right. They do live in their own time. 
Yep. And like I said, the only explanation I could think of was, yes, this was a child, but all he saw was a body. Yeah. I don't know how, from his point of view, he could have seen the man that got his wife pregnant for all I know. yeah, absolutely. You know, all he knew was that that was a body. That's all he knew. And he was going after them. It's probably why he slapped me when the room was empty and I walked in. Yeah. You know, I get it, dude. You're pissed. <laughs> he very. But what you did <laughs> was really jacked up. <laughs> okay. Sometimes and when you get you know, their attention, I, you're like, so you were a cop and you're so assertive. I wonder if they listen to you. I think. For that, not always. I think <laughs> <laughs> just like just like the real live people, I used to have to run and chase. They don't always listen when I yell to stop. Um, <laughs> stop. <laughs> so, but yeah, I I think because when I went in there and he did that, and I took a step out, me coming back in the way I did, saying, "Look, I don't know what your problem is, but this needs to stop." Absolutely. This, yeah. the, the, you know, the, this has got to stop. This is a child that you are terrorizing. You want to take up, you know, you want to talk, you want to take up, take it up with somebody. I'm right here. Mm-hmm. But you leave the kid alone. It was almost like he was like, oh, crap. She really knows I'm here. My cover is blown. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yes, yeah. I do. <laughs> yes, I do know you're here. I can feel your very negative, dark energy. And I am not one that's quick to say demon. No. Yeah. I hate that with a passion. That's another no-no in case for future reference. Anybody that investigates with me, do not yell the first time something wrong happens. Do not yell demon because I'm going to backhand you. <laughs> <laughs> just, just letting you know, does demonic activity happen? I believe it does, but it's rare. Yeah, that's why even I very, very rare. Yeah, I got to say, I've spoken with a couple of demonologists, one from Oxford, and he even said, and he's been doing that for like this for like over 20 some years. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. said, actual demonic activity is very rare. Absolutely. And when I told yeah. him, I was like, I think people are getting uh, ill willed and demon mixed up. I was like, because quite frankly, if you're evil in life, I think you're going to be evil in death. And he strongly agreed. Yeah, I do too. He was like, he was like, I, I really think you're, you're right. He said, because demonic, you know, activity is one thing altogether. It's on its own platform completely. Yeah, and I think if anyone experienced that, they would never forget that. I had one, I had something jump me. We actually caught video footage of it and it was released for a while. Um, something got a hold to me all of my years of doing this and something snuck up on me and jumped me. Wow. And I was not me. And it was all caught on video. I lost my ever loving mind. Um, towards the end of it, I actually started puking. I had no recollection to this day without the, without the recording. I still wouldn't know what happened. Wow. The same guy from Oxford that I was just telling you about, mm-hmm. he viewed it. He viewed the raw footage of it because I sent it to him first. And I was like, please help me make sense of this. And he was like, okay, were there any other witnesses? I said, my daughter, but my daughter made the comment, that's not my mom, because if mom was that mad, 
she would have been dropping the F-bomb left and right, and she never cussed. That was the red flag <laughs> for my daughter. But it was a very good observation. Right. Because I never cussed. The, I screamed. I yelled. I was crying. I was beating up the people that were there with me, trying to pull me away from the situation. Mm-hmm. But I never cursed the entire time. And my daughter, my daughter was like, that was the red flag for me. And in one screenshot, when I turned and the camera caught my face, my eyes almost looked black. Interesting. And I have no, still to this day, no recollection. But this, uh, this demonologist, this gentleman over in Oxford, he said, I viewed it. He said, this is probably some of the best documented, legitimate possession I have seen in a long time. Wow. And I was like, you're telling me I was possessed. He said it was probably what's what's considered a low level demon. I was like, well, I, I don't want to go no other level. <laughs> <laughs> he said, but the way your demeanor, he said, your voice mm-hmm. even changed. Yeah. He said, your voice changed. Your demeanor changed. He said, your eyes were not right. He said, um, your daughter, what she said makes sense. He said, at the end, you were throwing up. Then you had no recollection. He said, these are classic signs of a possession. Right. Interesting. And that really wigged me out. Um, I almost stopped paranormal altogether. Well, that that. would be extremely frightening. You know, it was frightening. It was painful. Mm -hmm. I was physically sick for almost three months because of that. Wow. I had no energy. I had no appetite. I would get nauseated. Even um, even when I would start eating regularly, I would be in the car just going to Walmart and I would have to stop to throw up. Wow. It was it was pretty. Bro- and I'm sitting there going, you know, because I remember one time I was throwing up and uh, Loper was with me. He was like, are you OK? And I just looked at him. I wiped my mouth and I said, low level demon my ass. <laughs> 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 he just started laughing. And he was like, seriously, though, are you OK? And I was like, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm going back to investigating. And he's like, well, if you don't, I'm not. He's like, I, I can't I can't do this without you. And I'm like, sure, you can. He was like, yeah, then I have to deal with the low levels. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll push you up front. It'll be fine. <laughs> he's such an ass. But he's our ass. <laughs> so how do, how do people get all of you, Glenn? Oh, they can go on gluckett.com. Mm-hmm. I have a contact me page there and it will shoot me an email. Um, I will respond as quickly as I can. I do work typically Sunday through Wednesdays and I usually don't get home till like 9, 30, 10 o'clock at night. Right. So Thursday, Friday and Saturday, I'm pretty wide open. But yeah, that is really the best way to get a hold to me is gluckett.com. Um, also on there, you'll find um, the links to any social media that I have. Mm-hmm. I do have a YouTube page up um, with a few things on it, but the icon is on my website. So if you click on it, it'll take you straight to it. Um, and there's also a uh, online shop button on the homepage yeah. when, you know, when it comes up. Yeah, you'll see it. It's not activated yet. I just have the button there, but I think I have not live in parentheses. So people, when they go to click on it, don't see anything. There's a reason it's not live yet. <laughs> not the shop. Um, I'm still working on inventory. I'll have candles, witch bells, um, some of my oils that I've had people ask me to start making again. 
my smudge sticks. Um, I'll have resin pieces for sale, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, And you also have a blog on there. Yes. Yes. I also have a blog on there. I need to get back to actual blogging and not using it as an update. Um, the first two that I did were like actual blogs. The, the, the most recent one is more of an update. Just kind of let people know what's going on. And when your book is revised, where can they get it? Oh, they're going to be able to get that on Amazon. And I am also currently working on maybe a couple other um, retailers awesome. as well. Awesome. Yeah, but definitely Amazon. Well, Gwen, it's been so much fun talking with you. I had a great time. Oh, I've enjoyed it. I would love talking with you. So I hope we, we can, can do, do this, this again. again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get ice cream. Okay. <laughs> Where? <laughs> I'm like a squirrel ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We used to do that on the trucks all the time. If somebody hit a curb on the uh -huh. ambulance or on the fire truck, you owe us ice cream. <laughs> oh my gosh. That sounds We're just so a bunch good. of we're just a bunch of idiotic kids operating million dollars worth of equipment. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I understand completely. So we'll have you back on maybe in the fall. That would be a lot of fun. That way your book will be out and I'll be able to have read it and all that fun stuff. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. And it's been a pleasure talking to you and thank you so much. I know it's your day off and it's important to spend family time. So please thank your husband and your kids for letting me interview you tonight. I absolutely won't. Thank you so much. I've, I've had a really good time. You're welcome. And I will hopefully our paths will cross and I'll talk to you very soon. Absolutely. You have a good night, Gwen.